There we go. Looks good. Looks good to me. Alrighty. Welcome to Voices from the Dark, people. It's 9 o'clock in Berlin. We're at Glogau Air. Courtesy of RBL Berlin. We're live. Uh, we've got a really cool event today. What, uh, Francesca, what's the name of the event? Uh, it's a live painting. Live painting by What a Funk. You can support RBL by buying some amazing paintings. I think I might get one. I got to talk to my wife though first. So, yeah, I got a. Uh, so today, yeah, Voices from the Dark, episode 38, um, artist uh, number 36, and yeah. So, is it too loud? Maybe just yeah, just lower the. Yeah. How's it? Yeah. It's got to be a little bit in the red, but that's, yeah, it's perfect. So in this one too, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So just keep them same. Um, April 14th, 2019. These cables are a little short. Uh, but yeah, and, and you, you're, you're going to want to, yeah. I need, some I need that headset. It's hard to hear for my guest right now because he, yeah, there he goes. He's got to put a, he's got the headset on. Um, and you're just going to want to speak directly into the microphone. Hey. Yo. So, yeah. Nick is my guest for the artist series. Artists number 26. Wow. Nice you're number. The, you're the 25th, though, because we had a repeat guest. I always say that. So, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a crazy night over here at Glogau Air. It's, whoops. It's a, <laughs> sort of a packed packed house. Is it good? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I got my beer. We're just uh, setting up. You know, things are... It's a tight... It's you know it's like packed. There's like a lot more people here than than I've ever seen. Uh, crowdfunding for RBL Berlin at Glogar Air. Yeah, live painting with what a funk Dario. Um, it's got some really good stuff on the walls. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, good sound. Though. Yeah, good sound. Oh yeah, and the DJs are playing. So yeah, give me one second. Yeah, I'm just gonna okay. perfect. Thank you. All right, the producers are leaving the building. <laughs> so we're all alone, technically. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Nick, uh, thank you for coming to the show, man. Thank you for How do you feel? You feel, you feel uh, all right great. today? Yeah. You feel good? All right. And you got your Gersa, or whatever it's called, Radler. Um, yeah, so you're a transmedia artist, is that right? Did I get that right? That's what it says in your Facebook profile. Right, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, why don't you just uh, tell us about yourself, and don't forget to just directly into the mic there. Yeah, so my name is Nikita Zhukovsky. And um, yeah, when I say that I'm a transmedia artist, then um, I mean that um, the nature of my work um, is related to um, rather a concept than one media. So I use different ways of communicating a message. Um, and I don't really focus on one medium that I work with. I work with sound, with video, installation, performance, sculpture. So, and, yeah. And uh, the project that I'm here to talk about is the sound sculpture called Sankhara Sonic Formations. Sonic, Sonic Formations. Sonic Formations. Cool. Yeah. All right. So tell us about that. Uh, if you want to start with that, uh, by all means. Yeah. Tell us about your work. Um, about this is a current project, like right now. Yeah, it's a um, it's a sculpture that doesn't have any finished form. 
it keeps changing every time I install it. And it's basically um, a set of... <laughs> Just ignore those people. <laughs> I feel like my microphone is louder than yours. Or maybe you can just speak a little bit more directly. Like, see how close I am? Um, like that. This close. Like that. <laughs> like that. Exactly. So tell us about your current project. Um, yeah, so um, it's a kind of an experimental music piece. And experimental in the in terms of sound design, but also experimental in terms of how the music is produced and how it is mediated to the audience. Okay. I use... So uh, that's three, three things, three types of experiments you're running at the same time. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's, it's rooted in a, in, a, in a project that lasts for um, about maybe seven years. And... Uh, uh, Currently, it came to a point when it became a kind of a resonator body sculpture that keeps changing and keeps uh, transforming in relation to the space that it's installed and in relation to the state of my mind and people around me. And, uh, and when it's assembled, uh, I use a kind of a modified... Uh, contact speaker, I would say, that doesn't make sound on its own and it's not audible. Can you say um, more about that? I'm, I don't really know what you mean. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a... Do, do you know how the speaker um, um, is constructed, how it works? Like a normal speaker? Yeah, that like a normal like speaker. So projects sound. Yeah, and the, yeah, the, the idea, like wire, yeah, the idea of this experiment is that yeah. I, don't, I don't use any uh, conventional speakers. Okay. And the whole... Uh, sound that is produced during the performance comes from the sculpture itself, and the plates of the sculpture they they serve as a kind of like a resonator body surfaces that are vibrating with sound frequencies. Oh. So the, the the sculpture is the speaker. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get that. And that's the yeah that's the field of my experiments. Okay. So with a regular speaker, what we have is the uh, is the coil that is vibrates into uh, the electric impulse, the plus and minus, and be it analog signal or a digital signal, then it's transformed into this electrical vibration that then moves the coil. So it's like an electric magnet, yeah, and it moves back and forth and it uh, moves the cone and it pushes the air. And this way, the sound waves are produced, and they're moving through the space in a form of this kind of like a circular wave that yeah. is then reflecting uh, against the surfaces of the building mm. or people or bodies and ears. Uh, and we ears, yeah. And we hear and uh, we hear music. So in this case, that's the normal way. That's the normal yeah. way. Yeah. And and in this case, I um, I mean like. I guess the reason for it, I mean, there are many reasons and many, many weird different ways how different sides of my interest in music and sculpture and digital aesthetics and um, visual arts came together in okay. this project. But um, basically, I find it interesting that we have a whole generation of people that came uh, to the scene and grew up with this kind of converted music. Like services like Spotify, ah, okay. our MP3 format in general, right. uh, YouTube music. Right. So we have, we're dealing with this kind of um, music that, uh, that is audible through the conventional speakers and it gets cheaper and cheaper and you can 
listen to the music on your phone and uh, you can carry it around and um, and the quality is um, transforming slowly yeah and uh, this affects also I think the genres of music that are the becoming genres, more yeah. popular mm. um, well in fact I think for example with when we when we're talking about experimental music or minimalist music or microtonal music it's very important if not to say crucial to be able to experience this music on the particular kind of quality mm. of audio systems yeah and at the same time the concerts are becoming maybe more important and more popular live performance because you can experience the energy of the performance which is of, was of course always the case mm. but then with when music gets so easily um, transported into different kind of black boxes and pocket machines and so yeah. on then go into a concert and experiencing this music directly being li performed live from the from the musicians becomes something more special mm. I think. yeah for sure so what i'm trying to do with the sound sculpture is to create a, a resonant body that becomes a speaker itself and vibrates with the sound and each time in a new space i perform live okay uh, and the sound waves, they're also not circular. They're taking the shape of the sculpture right. because the music is coming from the sculpture. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind that's of cool. what I try to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I guess how did you come up with that uh, that idea? Is it based on any any anything in particular or is it just your imagination or... I mean, I think it's it's amazing. Uh, I, I, maybe I should just try to wrap my, hand, my head around it. Um, so you're experimenting on three different levels. It's uh, the sort of the the sculpture, right, which is sort of visu visual plus some kind of technical speaker, right, and then um, it's uh, the 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 space that you you have it in, which is you're you're also experimenting in that realm, and then the third. One is how you actually make the sounds. Did I get that right? Yeah, kind or did of. Did I miss uh, something? Uh, I feel like I'm missing I something. I guess there's like the, the, the important detail is that. Yeah. So the technical equipment is the this experimental contact speaker. Um, which is the sculpture, the contact uh, speaker. No, it's like a modified contact speaker, which is a and separate when device. When you say contact speaker, that's the a normal speaker that you're using as a first step? No, no, no. it's like a kind of a, a, a device that it used to pimp cars, for example. To or pimp it's used, cars? Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's used to like, uh, you have this kind of like, a body shakers kind of. A uh, uh, booty shaker. <laughs> you mean it's like um, like a big speaker that has a lot of bass or it's something? It's a surface speaker, so it's like oh. a, it, it works with the sound transduction. Okay. Uh, so-called transducer. Okay. Uh, which is which is a thing that like it's not really a com consumer-based electronic device. Okay. Uh, and um, so it's just called a contact speaker, and so this is the first level. Of what you're experimenting yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, like, this goes back kind of like 10 years. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 back in time when I used to work as a, as a futurology columnist. and I a was futurology? A futurology wow, columnist. Wow, yeah. tell me more about that. <laughs> I want to get it more into this and get, like, kind of clear it up, like, yeah, in my like mind. But my job was to research the current breakthroughs in science and okay. gadgets. And okay. 
write about things that are just about to come to the market. And uh, we're being invaded, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like futurology. Yeah, it's okay. kind of like w w when, for example, electronic paper was not so much around, or electronic no paper. Wow. iPads, you know, oh, like iPad. Kindle uh, or, ah, okay, or like okay. this kind of stuff. So my job would be to like go to the corporation's website and the research information that are they're posting for journalists. Okay. And um, and basically, <clears throat> yeah, just research the new inventions market. Okay, so th and your kind of idea like came from that. Predict what would be around in like five or ten years, okay. and write about it. Write about it ah, in okay. an entertaining way. Ah, okay, so you're like a, a feature writer, or some kind <laughs> of, or, or yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah, like futurology. Okay, it's called. And, and you were you were writing marketing stuff or like? Uh, no, no, I was not writing that. Like articles. It just was articles for okay. magazines. Yeah. And so, um, in in this way, so you've always been in touch with sort of like technology. Yeah. And, okay. and this is how I found information about these speakers okay. in the first place. And so, before that, did you do something with art and music? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm studying oh, okay. art for like about ten years now. <laughs> okay. Um, so so yeah, why don't you tell us more about that too? Let's go back. Keep going yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, I just got my. Um, Magister of Digital Arts degree. Master. Um, it's called Magister because Magister. it's like an old-fashioned Austrian. Um, oh, okay. Are you are you Austrian? No, no, I'm not no. Austrian. Okay. I'm actually Russian. I Russian. was born in Moscow. Um, yeah. So this kind of also um, brings like an association immediately with uh, like a Thurman Vox, for example. Which ah, was the like Thurman. A, uh, it's like this. The <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like Which that. was also like one of the um, big inspirations for me while I was working oh, really? on the on the sculpture. Yeah. So you were uh, studying art and music, or just art, or like and like what kind of art? Uh, it's media arts. Ah, oh, media arts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, media arts. Our our uh, our university uh, has this kind of like a fine art bubble. It's the university bubble? is called Angivante. Which is applied arts university, and uh, uh, the fine art bubble is three classes uh, that are doing media arts. Okay. And one of them is digital arts, and the other one is transmedia arts. Mm. And and I just finished university. Okay. Like, so now right. I'm free. And basically, okay. one of the first exhibitions that I did um, after I finished was in Glogauer Air here. Okay. Uh, when I was invited to take part in Open Studios event, and this was the first time when I showed the large-scale um, sound sculpture. Okay. So back to the context, because so that's that first thing that creates... It's, what does it do? It's, you're sending the music and the sound through this first, right? Yeah, so I send the music through this uh, device. And the thing is that uh, um, the, the speaker, uh, the, the context speaker alone, it doesn't really make much sound at all. Well, everything changes because it's a surface speaker, so everything changes when it's attached to a a particular surface. Yeah, like a table or something. Like a table. Yeah. And then um, the nature of sound and the quality of sound is really dependent on the nature of the material okay. that resonates. Uh, so if you would attach it to a piece of wood, it will sound differently. If you attach it to a piece of plastic, the sound will be different again. Or metal. So everything becomes kind of um, interdependent whether uh, be the size of the surface or even the location where it's attached. So 
the that's that's kind of like another part of the experiment. Okay. It's like just to find uh, all kinds of interesting phenomena about like this device itself. Okay, so you're experimenting with the materials that you use to make to to basically come into contact with the contact speaker. Is that why they call exactly. it a contact speaker? Because yeah, it's touching kind of, things? Yeah, yeah, because the, the, the sound is, is then transduced through through this direct contact okay. of the coil with the material. Okay, and then, and so once once it goes through the material, then you can start hearing it. it, it people hear it. Yeah. Yeah? And so, and so what's the other levels of the experimentation? Because you mentioned three. Yeah. Um, the thing is that the sound itself, though, if you would rather play pop music through it, the sound then is not that good because it starts to distort and um, oh. it's changing. Oh. So mm, what I do is that I I put the elements of the sculpture together in this kind of like a um, aluminium plates of irregular shapes yeah. that are rooted in my uh, experiments with graffiti. So each element is actually created first in two dimensions, and it's based on a graphem of a graffiti tag. So oh. graphem is Graphy. kind of yeah. like a, um, a gesture or the energy behind the gesture when you're creating um, a handwritten letter symbol. Uh, so, so, so I go from that and I, and I transform it into a kind of an, like an abstract shape. Oh, an abstract shape. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I, I inspire, I, I'm inspired by minimalist practices and I kind of try to like distill this graphem and bring it to like a most minimalist possible shape. Okay. And what inspires me the most is music experimental music that I listen to or I play live to myself too so you, while I do so it. So sometimes you use other people's music and sometimes you use your own. Is that right? Yeah, I think I'm, I started to write my own music only about five years ago. Okay. And so this project is a bit longer than that. So I would say that aesthetically I was always inspired by other people's music. Like okay. And so once once the music is playing and it's going through these um, materials, then the other exper there's more experimentation that happens after yeah, that. Yeah, well, one of the interesting things that happens is that uh, the material starts to move. And it's moving uh, according to the frequency. So I send the sound waves. I only work with synthesized sounds, so no samples involved. It's only sound synthesis. And... Um, so the material starts to move and all kinds of strange distortion appear in those places where the elements of the sculptures are attached to each other. And this kind of transforms the whole soundscape of the piece. And um, if I would record live what I'm sending uh, from my synthesizer environment to the sculpture, it would sound completely different from, from the field recording. I wouldn't say maybe completely different, but it would sound very different, like some parts would be missing. Mm. So a big part of the soundscape, of the sound piece, is actually created by the combination of how these elements of the sculpture are attached to each other and how they resonate in space. Okay. So basically, it's like this sequence of events that in each step so from from the from the speaker the contact speaker then the material no i should say the the materials in the speaker and then the music and then how the music interacts 
with with the space and, and, and all the materials together. And how it resonates and inside it, of yeah. his culture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that's wild, man. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh, all right. So yeah. So what? So was it? You said music inspired you to do to do this um, to do this particular project. Um, the the research that you've done inspired you to do it. Um, but what, what, what inspired you to do art, like, in the beginning? Like, what... Because, like, like, obviously this is, like, um, the result of a lot of steps, right? So, like, what was, like, like the first step? Like, how did you get into the, the whole art thing, you know? I, mean, I like to rewind. I like to... I like <laughs> to re you don't have to answer any questions that I ask you. If you don't want to talk about that, that's cool. But it's, I think it's an interesting question to see where people come from, like... You said you're from Russia, you know, and you said that you went to art school. You've been studying art for many years, like maybe 10 years or more, or a bit less. A yeah. bit less, and um, the project so is yeah. a bit longer, but no. okay. So I mean, my other art projects are longer. In general, I think I think I was always inspired by music. Uh, um, I would maybe even say by kind of experimental noise music okay. or experimental ambient music or just experimental sound, or just by sounds that don't sound like anything else mm. like I've heard before. So you got into it, <laughs> so you got into art uh, in school, or like at home, or when you were a little kid? No, no, I mean, I, I was really into photography. Okay. And then at some point I, uh, I just noticed that like those things that are um, the most important for me in those kind of photography that I'm doing, are not really fitting into any kind of context, be it like magazine publishing or or, oh, or any okay. kind of like illustrative nature, and they're just like a kind of a thing in its own. Uh, and I think it was very much about the appreciation of industrial aesthetics and minimalism that is kind of like embedded into it. Okay. And so at this point, I realized that I would just be really curious to figure out why do I like it so much or mm. what does it mean and actually my first education was creative writing so oh, okay. I wanted to study literature and oh, I was okay. doing journalism as I said I was working as a futurology right. columnist and so was futurology the name of the magazine no no, no that's okay. kind of like a, the name of, the, the of my category the, yeah, like, yeah the category yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was, was all in Moscow for, or for several magazines yeah in Moscow yeah. okay <laughs> I mean, you have to understand that this was like a time when, 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 when mobile networks were like becoming more popular and more widespread. So there was a lot of money around that uh, and a lot of um, mobile telecom or internet companies, they were having their own um, publicity platforms, which are kind of like magazines about right. technology. Yeah. So I was writing column for like several of them. Okay. Um, but yeah, at some point it's just... Uh, so you studied photography in school as well? <coughs> no, no, photography. Just I never studied photography. I started creative writing. Okay. But yeah. in the photography you were just doing on your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like... I, I kind of focused on journalism for some point and then I started to work as a, as a, as a photographer. Yeah. And then at this point I realized that like, okay, there's photography that I can sell to magazines, but then... The, those pictures that I find most interesting, they're what? They're not. <laughs> and uh, I guess that was the point when I realized that maybe I should study a bit more. Okay. And that was the point when I, yeah, I, I, I got curious about art and 
Yeah. Okay. And then also it kind of became clear that I don't need to use the words only if I want to tell a certain story. And it became about creating something more conceptual that I can tell a story or I can tell something. So you can tell a story in words or you can tell a story without, like, so with other objects. Yeah, with objects, with images, with yeah, sounds, exactly. with video, yeah. So, hmm, questions, questions. So how did you get to Berlin? So you, <laughs> actually, I, been, I, was in, I was in Russia for the first time in my life uh, this year, in February, mm. in Siberia. That was very cool. I went to Omsk, <laughs> went to Omsk, Omsk, uh, Krasnoyarsk. Novizabirsk, was it? Yeah, Novizabirsk, Irkutsk, mm. and then Listvyanka and Lake Baikal. And ah, the frozen cool. Lake Baikal is crazy, man. I've never been to any of those no? places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what happened, what, what made you decide to leave Moscow? Did you come to Berlin first before when you left Moscow? Uh, no, I mean, the like, first time in Berlin I went for the Transmedia Ali Festival. Okay. And that was about seven years ago, I think. Uh, what is it called? Transmedia? No. Transmediale Festival. Mediale. Yeah. In Berlin? It's a, in Germany? Yeah, it's a, it's a festival for um, experimental art and music. Okay. It's kind of like a digital art and okay. experimental music. Do you consider festival. yourself a digital artist? That's um, that's kind of like what it officially says on my diploma. Oh, really? Digital oh, okay. art, yeah. I find it to be a bit more than that okay so i would say like digital is a bit like a limiting term yeah, yeah. that means that kind of i don't really make art that is not digital which is not true so i would never say that i'm a digital artist right, because right. I, I i find it interesting to work with between medias and yeah, actually which is the, the whole trans media thing yeah exactly yeah. And, and actually i think it's also a very interesting um phenomenon of like how how the signal is transforming when it passes through different kinds of conversion gates hmm. from digital to analog and then back to digital and then back do to you, analog. Do you so experiment with that as so well? So that, that's kind of like what I'm very interested in, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so, okay, so maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe I understand, maybe I don't. So is the digital part the production of the, of the sounds and then the, the analog part is like going through the contact speaker and all that? Is that analog? Well, like if, we, if, we, if we talk about like the, all the stages of conversion that are uh, happening in the Sound Sculpture project, then I can say that I start with, uh, with a writing gesture, which is a, which, which is a, a signature. Yeah. Oh. And, and then this, um, this is transformed also in analog by listening to a certain sounds and sound design quality so i i would say exp i experience something like a synesthesia synesthesia when i, yeah. when I think that a what i hear yeah exactly uh when it's combined with the symbols or the handwriting gestures i can see see that what you hear and what kind of object it is yeah or so and so then i try to make a drawing of that and all of this happens in analog okay and at the same time, it's kind of like a, it's a self-entangled process. And I look at the drawing and I think that maybe I can hear a little bit how it sounds. 
Yeah. And so then I try to play this to myself a little bit wow. and maybe make a recording. And do you, do you make a video of this? That would be amazing. <coughs> yeah, I recommend what I do in, many, in many ways. Yeah. Wow. But um, speaking of documentation, do you, you have? I think you have something you want to share. Like you can do something, share something now if you want. Yeah. We're, we're like right at the middle of the show, so okay. that's uh, usually the perfect time to yeah. to you know refresh the drinks and yeah. Th- you, if you need another one, just let me know. And also, yeah. So do you want to set it up? Uh, I can just yeah. I'm ready. Uh, what I use is uh, an uh, kind of like a multi-touch synthesizer environment uh, made by Bitshape. Uh, software and um, made by Bitshape. Bitshape, yeah, that's that's like a company, a software music company. Okay. It's basically done by one guy, and uh, what it allows me to do, and why it's interesting for me, is that it's it's not really imitating any kind of uh, synthesizer that exists at this point. It just uses a surface of the uh, multi-touch uh, device. Okay. And um, there's a very interesting research written about it. It's called a painterly interface. Okay. And what it allows is that it also allows to translate the gesture is, of is the writing. Is this here? Yeah. Okay. It Could allows I to... Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. I mean, because, like, you're saying it's, like, painterly device, multi-touch. Like, I think it'd be cool to just, like, have a picture for the, yeah, for the episode. Um, so, basically, it's, like, your, your iPad and, yeah... It's not going to make a sound. Uh, are you plugged in there? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not going to make a sound unless I basically unmute it. Hold on one second. I think it'll make a sound now. Yeah, look at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so what it does is um, it allows me to translate the gesture of this handwriting gesture that is at the core of, for example, one element that is used in the sculpture. Okay. And maybe I mentioned that before, but the sculpture is kind of like this irregular shapes. Yeah. It's a modular... Uh, it's a modular... Modular. Work. Yeah, modular. It's, so it's uh, many, many elements. In the last work, it's more than 45. Wow. And, you, and, and you're creating and the sculpture as well? You're, you're physically creating yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm creating it. First, I make drawings, then right. I make a maquette. And then uh, uh, with the uh, computer. Uh, no, the maquette I make by hands, like on uh, in plastic. Wait, what just do you like call it? Maquette. Maquette, like a small model. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know that word. <laughs> like a model. Uh, it's okay. a French word. Uh. Le maquette. Maquette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So I, I make a model, and then I'm, I start to make uh, digital drawings. Okay. And then these digital drawings are converted and fed into. Um, a robotic um, mm, setup. Wow. Uh, because it allows to make a very, very precise cut. <coughs> and in this moment, I it's have a, to. Is it like a. So it's not a 3D printer, it's like some other kind <laughs> of cutting machine? No, it's no, like a no. Cutting it's a, a two dimensional process. Right, okay. It's just a, a, like a sheet okay. of aluminium. So, let, so do you, you want to just um, play us something that you've, you've already recorded or. Uh, I'd rather play live. I think. Okay, yeah. perfect. So then. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. So I guess how, how much time should we do for that? Like, let's say I don't know. You tell me. I don't um, know how much time you usually. Let's do three minutes. Three minutes. All right, yeah. cool. So I'm gonna go to the bar. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna <laughs> set you up here, and uh, yeah, I think I'm just supposed to press this little button here. Hold on. 
Yeah, it says solo. So let's see how that works. Do you want your mic on or no? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Let's see. All right. This is Nick Echo and um, basically an improv, an improvised. Um, what would you call it? Song. Um, it's a it's a sound piece. Sound piece. Improvised sound piece by Nick Echo. Here you go, people. I think we're back. Yeah. I really hope we are. I think we are. We're back here with Nick Echo. So that was, um, I, I was at the bar, but I, I heard a little bit of it. And um, 
So this is the type of thing that you're doing with uh, with the sculpture, basically. Yeah, and the, and the thing is that um, it sounds really different when you can hear it on the sculpture. Right. And uh, the reason why it happens is that um, the plates of the sculpture starts to resonate to the sound frequency, and so all this drone kind of sounds and like this, um, yeah, the pads and a certain kind of you know, microtonal effects that are um, keep happening. So that, uh, there's a kind of like interference uh, phenomena that happens and uh, it starts to shake and you hear all this kind of distortion and there's something very physical um, happens in the room in that moment. And the sound is also very sharp. Um, and it's just really physical <laughs> again I'm saying this word but I um, I, can, I can imagine that you know the, the this kind of electric because you mentioned that like pop music wouldn't necessarily be good for this type of uh, how would you even say it? like for this type of uh, projection for lack of a better word of the music yeah um, but this music I can I can imagine that it's it's better because it's like more like well, first of all, it's digital, so it's like more clear and point and like yeah, and it's like it's sharp. more it's more minimalist. Than yeah, exactly. Also. Yeah, it's like very structured, and so then you're sending it through the contact speaker, and then this contact speaker is like, you know, interacting with um, with what with whatever objects with the plate with the yeah. mm -hmm. with the structure sculpture, and yeah, I can imagine that like this is a sort of like very um, I don't want to say too too many cliches here but it's like very you know otherworldly it's like something you've never heard before yeah it's kind of um, a ritual I would say okay so I, I did it only two times and um, uh, and both times at the end of the day um, people who were involved in helping me to organize said that it's kind of it looks like a ritual so that's cool now I call it like a um, um, Sankara Sankara Sonic Formations um, Wait, who calls it that? Uh, Sankara Sonic Formation is the name of the work. Ah, Sankara. So it's not just Sonic Formations, it's Sankara. So Sankara, yeah. I, I, Sankara can, I can explain mean? a bit later okay. what it means. Well, yeah, so it's called like a Sankara Sonic Formation, Sonic Formations live, uh, live recording ritual sessions. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm not going to write that down. I'll just let you, I'll ask you later. Because I like to try to get some of these specifics into the yeah into the, the word Sankara actually um, is um, is a word that I uh, found in Pali language. And it's Pali is like Pali, Polynesian. Pali no. no, Pali is the is the uh, language that was um, originally used by Buddha. Okay. And it's a term from Buddhism. It's uh, uh, it means that. Uh, literally, it can be translated uh, that which ha which had been put together. Okay. And it's kind of this concept in Buddhism that implies that everything we perceive as a as an ultimate reality is a combination of our knowledge, of our state of mind, of the room. That's a really of cool. The, of the of the environment and all of those things, they are kind of come together yeah. and create this kind of formation. Mm. Of our uh, perception of reality. Yeah, I can see how that that comp like that, first of all, it's one word that sums up a like a, a crazily complex thing, and I can imagine, I can see, I, I, I it fits this 
I mean, because what you've described so far sounds like an immensely uh, complicated process, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, I don't know if you've heard the show before, but usually what we do is talk about, like, you know, your path as, a, as an artist. Uh, you, you've mentioned a couple things about that. Uh, I, w- I would also like to maybe hear if the, maybe you haven't had any, but uh, maybe some challenges that you face. Like, what are the challenges or, or biggest challenges or... Or do you do you even face challenges? Do you feel like? For sure. <laughs> okay. So, like, tell us about that. Um. Well, I think uh, when it comes to music uh, and producing music, I guess the biggest challenge is to kind of like to to challenge this, you know, like conventional understanding of what music is. Okay. Or what a live performance could be. Okay. So everything, everything that is related to this kind of like already firm borders of what certain genre of art making or music making is about is challenging. Because whenever I think that I should write a track in a certain style, it becomes immediately boring for me. For and you. that's the worst okay. thing. So And so do you feel like you're... So you're the challenge is to so your challenge is more like a that's or it's like an inner challenge sort of no no i think it's 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 more about challenging the institutions to okay. to, to 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 be more open okay. toward different kinds of um, new ways of experimenting with with what an exhibition could be what a live performance could be what a what a what a concert could be like or uh, I mean the first thing you know what happens is that when I'm saying that okay we are taking part in this exhibition project and uh, I'm going to sound I'm I'm going to do a sound performance piece and the first challenge is to explain why I don't use any uh, speakers and where the sound is coming from because it's just too weird people are not used to to have it so these difficulties come from the project itself, but I guess the question more is like, what kind of challenges have you faced in in actually, you know, being being an artist? So I guess I should be more specific. I never thought about that. Uh, the, what what kind of difficulties do you have in sort of balancing your your life with your art? You know, in, do you do you make money from your art? Are you able to make a living from your art? Um, and a lot of people don't want to answer this question. Uh, most people do on the, on the show, but it's always like this is a kind of a personal question. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean uh, it's totally fine. I uh, I used to work uh, in graphic design, and I I realized that it's uh, actually, although it seemed like a nice creative job that can you know like allow an artist to make money and be creative. In the end of the day, I found it to be really, really toxic for my art practice. So that's something that I would rather not do. And all my last graphic design clients are either art institutions or artists. So I decided to like really narrow it down Mm. to to, the art world, whatever that means, you know. So you're not doing it for like products and stuff not like, anymore yeah, okay. no i i i used to, <laughs> yeah, that I used to. <laughs> unfortunately yeah exactly that's a sound of horror in the background <laughs> but um yeah um 
I make my money. <laughs> I mean, money, of course, is the biggest challenge. Okay. To be honest, okay. and um, I uh, I work as an art uh, consultant. Okay. And I uh, work as an installation guy. What's that like? Uh, art consultant? Like, do you you help people to buy art, or you help people? To no, I help people to make art. Ah, okay. Or I help people to uh, go through their portfolio and make mm. sense out of it. Uh, or I help people to install their work on the show, or I help okay. uh, uh, artists to uh, make art in the studio, like okay. work as an art assistant. So that's about it, I guess. Okay. Mm. And, and another biggest challenge is time. That I need how do you for solve myself. that problem? How do you solve? <laughs> that's a big. That's a big challenge. So how do you solve that problem? Like how do you um, get your? How do you get yourself up in the morning? I just take sleep less. Sleep less. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, any particular advice for like because like it seems like what you do is quite complicated so like and it also has a lot of steps um, involves a lot of pieces a lot of elements you know in your mind outside you know in the real world so like how do you schedule all your activities like I don't really schedule I just re write things down I just record things that are important for me and I think like the biggest advice that I can give is just not to be afraid of complexities okay. and just keep recording and documenting things whatever you do okay. I take like that. care take care of a good archive have had, had, all the you things you do documented and archived in a way that you yourself can navigate <laughs> ah, okay so yeah. create, create a, like a sort of system of gathering your of collecting your information and making it easily available for yourself. For yourself. But it doesn't have to be, like, transparent to other people. Not at all, no. I mean, use any media that you you find it mm, pleasant to work with. You can do it online. Offline. I find it to be really, really helpful to have things in physical bodies, mm. like, like sketchbooks oh, or, okay. like... Yeah paper, <laughs> objects, yeah. whatever. Okay. At the same time, I would never say that it's more important than my digital archive. Mm. I found both things to be really, really helpful. Mm. So, yeah, just Yeah, I think I do, I do. I, yeah, <laughs> I think I do both, you know, digital plus a little bit of paper, but mostly digital. I'm a writer as well. So, so tell us more about, like, um, I, I feel like I cut you off when you were saying, describing the challenges of... Uh, like challenging the institutions um, because cause my question was more about you know like the, the difficulties that you face in, in making your art but you, you, you interpreted the question as my fault um, uh, as like um, you know the, ch the things that you challenge you challenge the institutions so maybe say more about that like why What's, is, there an, is it important to I think, do I something different? I think the most, most important um, aspect of this is uh, challenging the notion of uh, finished work. And that's kind of true for many of the projects I have. Um, um, when, I'm, when I'm making a new work, I feel like I'm opening up a new way of traveling, rather, you know? New uh, way of traveling. Of traveling, yeah. It's like a direction, and uh, when I, when I, because it's very much about finding a concept, finding something that I can tell, 
something important and then finding a, an appropriate and strong way of telling it. And the, the tools or aesthetics or the way it reaches the audience and the medium. And, and then it can expand, you know. And then every exhibition is rather, uh, you know, like a touchstone. Mm. That I can say, okay, so like, I walked this far, and this was the outcome at, on that date. But it never means that it's over. Yeah. And that is something that it, sometimes it's hard to understand, because for even with the sculpture, for example, that so the whole concept and the name itself is about the fact that it it's never it's never ending. it's never final. You right. know, it's a, it's a modular system that can be assembled in different ways. And none of these ways are like better than the other. They're all equal, and it can keep transforming like this. Mm. And each element has these connecting slots, mm. and I can next time in a different space I can assemble differently, and it would look different, and it would sound different, and I would make a new sound piece for it. But it will have the same name mm. because it's one method. Mm. You know, it's one method of creating the work, and it's in a way has this one meaning. So there, there are certain things that are fixed, or like part of this work is performative. There are certain objects that are involved in this performance, certain materials. A light should be installed in a particular way. Uh, I use a certain kind of tools to send a sound signal to it. Uh, there's a certain kind of cable. So all these formal you know, aspects, they're written down. Yeah. And that's what constitutes this work, that this is this work and not the other. Right. But then it keeps changing. Yeah. And that's sometimes a challenging thing to explain. Yeah. For example, when I start the installation and people ask me, could you send us a 3D render? And I'm saying, yeah, I can, but then I will do it differently. <laughs> so does it really make sense? Oh, you know? That's cool. I like that. So like somebody asks you, oh, can we get a preview of your work so that we could feature it in our gallery? Yeah, I mean, for sure, you can. You, and can, then, <laughs> you, can, you can look at And the then when you show up, it's, uh, and, and it's like the exhibition day or whatever you call it, the venissage or whatever then you're presenting something totally different. They're like, that's not the sculpture that you told well, us. Well, I mean, it's the, it's not totally different. It's, right. the, it's the same work, but it's just assembled in a different way. So yeah. then it's uh, not gonna, going to be exactly as it was on the picture from another gallery. Yeah. And I find it to be a rather good thing because yeah. uh, it's um, never the same. Yeah. So, um, and it's called a ritual for a reason because it's also yeah. so much about finding like kind of a right um, place for the work and the right state of mind to assemble it in a way that is resonating with the space and it's you know it's a, it's it's kind of like a metaphorical yeah, I you get know, that, meaning yeah. but it's also yeah. in the end it's a it's very physical yeah, phenomenon it's literal that and really happens in the space so for example like in, in one space in Vienna I installed it in a, in the center of the room and it was the only place where there was a strange uh, uh, acoustic phenomenon in the room it was like kind of an echo that was reflecting from the floor to the ceiling and it was only audible in that spot huh. and so the whole composition of the sculpture was built then around this spot in the space it's kind of you know finding this weird you know phenomenons of like how the energy is like manifesting itself in the space and trying to like go with it together and try to resonate with that and try to create something that would be reflecting on it and mm. It's yeah, it's a, it's a metaphor, but at the same time, it's very literal yeah. also because the surfaces of the sculpture is reflecting, and um, it reflects the sound 
from the place to itself. So all this, I find it to be also really interesting way of um, doing art is finding those moments in you know language and visual and audible when it all resonates mm. in meaning and metaphor and then one you know one meaning like reflection can mean many things yeah, and all of them are kind of literal and it's present well. present in the space so for yeah. example here in Glogauer the room was totally different and it was like a flow of energy like you know people are moving through the room because it has two um two two two, two entrances yeah two and door so two doorways, you yeah. could also see on pictures on documentation that like the whole composition was kind of like about this flow of air or you know people or attention yeah and how it was going through like one door to another and flowing and then this kind of creates also an interesting uh, physical phenomenon with sounds because then uh, certain ranges of the frequencies that are going through the plates, they are uh, resonating in a way that they start to travel through the building in yeah. weird ways. In ways that a normal sound from a speaker would never do. It starts to bounce around and sometimes you can hear a certain frequency in a very, very far away place of the mm. building or outside. That's that's amazing. I find this to be very it's, it's wild. It's like a frontier or something. You know, it's like kind of like very. It ins it make it makes you. Uh, what's the phrase? Everybody says, uh, like really makes your imagination sort of you know come alive. Like I'm just like seeing like in my in my own mind just like your descriptions. I'm. Like just seeing all these crazy things happening, you know, it's like this could be anything, you know, could a anything could happen. And obviously, when you're hearing it, you know, you're you're, you're physically, it's it's happening in your ears, but also it's, it's happening in your mind, you know, and in your body, and in your also, body you also, yeah, with the, with body, the resonation, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we're coming to the end of the show, but I just wanted to ask you again. I think I asked you earlier, like, what's so? What made you come to Berlin? Not that that's you know something that's oh. <laughs> super important, but um, some people. Oh, do you do you feel like location is important? Like, why did you? Why didn't you just stay in Moscow? Not oh, that you should. I mean, <laughs> I. <laughs> okay. Uh, yo, cheers. Cheers. Um, I mean, the real reason why I left Moscow was kind of, um, you know, I'm a queer person, so okay. for me it's like not so easy. To, oh, my, oh, Jesus, uh, I, I always forget about Russia with the craziness <laughs> over there. Yeah. So I guess that was for me the main okay. uh, reason, because part of, you know, like another project that I was doing was kind of inspired by this whole... Um, attack on queer discourse mm. that was happening which basically means that you cannot you cannot really say anything good about being queer right. because it's illegal and I was making a work about it so mm. at some point I was also driven of course by you know like um, a hunger for for new experiences and for okay. new, new knowledge so I um, yeah I went to study to Vienna first okay and then I found love, and I moved in to Vienna. Berlin. Yeah. No, in I Vienna? found it in Berlin. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. I found him. So wait, so so you didn't find it in Vienna? Nope. So, okay. But I found a lot of sounds and a lot okay. of ways how to make music. 
but no love in Vienna okay. for me. It's a very lovely city, though. <laughs> How long did you stay in Vienna? I was living there for three years. Oh, wow. Not bad. I've been to Vienna a couple times. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's oh, very cute. Yeah, it's definitely cute. Like, uh, very clean and everything. All the fancy buildings and stuff. I keep it, a, you know, we're, we're right now in Neukölln. I've mentioned Neukölln on the, on, the, on the show before. It's like definitely the opposite of Vienna. So, um, what I really like about Neukölln is that uh, there are so many different cultures oh and yeah. so many different traditions that are coming together. And it's great, this crazy mixture of, you know, all these things that are not really fitting together, but then somehow it really works. And yeah. I found it to be really interesting, you know. To me, it's the best. <laughs> to me, it's the best neighborhood in uh, in Berlin. Um, yeah. So, what else can we talk about? We got like five minutes left. <laughs> um, well, I guess I just want to say thanks again for being here. Thank um, you for inviting. Did you want another drink? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe we can get one of these guys to get us a, a Gersa. Do you drink that because you lived in Austria for three years? <laughs> no, I just didn't want it to get wasted, so I I, I, I get this like Randler. Um, ah, you don't want to get too drunk, yeah? So yeah. You get, it's like a half beer. But anyway, um, if you're in Berlin, come on 27th. Oh, let me write this down. So 27th, 27th of, of April. April. That's like a bit less than in two weeks. I got married in Argentina on April 27th. No, so nice. Good. Yeah. It was my second marriage to the same person. <laughs> Um, so 27th of April, and uh, is this so? It's an event. Uh, you could probably is it uh, sh on Facebook? Not uh, yet. No. Okay. Because uh, um, I can I'm share all that. I'm announcing it today for the. Oh first really? Time. Yeah. Oh wow! So everybody. We we only fixed the date today, so. Ah okay. Cut okay. it fresh. All right, cool. So and this is for wh what's the event? And this is going to be uh, a second uh, live recording of uh, ritual San session Sankara, Sankara, Sankara Sonic Sankara Formation Sonic yeah. Sonic at Glogauer oh it's going to be here yeah oh okay cool I know where that is <laughs> uh, and everybody who's listening knows where that is too so Sonic Formation is cool April 27th I will be in town I'll try to make it um, yeah do you have any parting words or any 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 other <coughs> any interesting things to share do you want to tell us one one of my previous guests, one of my four, you know, earlier, how would you say that? Yeah, previous guests. I, I I didn't know I didn't know how to end the show, so he was like, um, just asked me a random question. So he said, "What's your so I so I asked him what his favorite sandwich is. <laughs> Do you have a favorite sandwich? No, yeah. no, I'm not gonna talk about sandwiches, but <laughs> I can tell you more about um, uh, what what Sankara is. Oh, okay. Uh, because you said it's uh, yeah, it's like a, like a symbol, um, which okay. is um, yeah, which describes like a quite a complex um, um, meaning. Yeah. Um, and I found it that uh, in the Chinese and Japanese, you can write it as a this kind of like a hieroglyph, as a you know, like a kanji uh, kanji symbol, yeah. mm -hmm. ka kanji character, which also means um, things that are impermanent. And things that are always uh, in motion. Mm. So any kind of uh, impermanence, which is kind of also uh, referring to the state of mind or what mind is that is never mm. stable. And it's also kind of like how the sculpture is 
It's always yeah. changing. It also speaks to the idea that you said before about things never being finished. Yeah. It's like things are constantly changing in, in motion. And I really like that. And uh, yeah, so. They can be finished, but then it's only an illusion. Yeah. Are you Buddhist? Yeah. You are? I am, Are yeah. you serious? Because <laughs> I, like, I, I was wondering, yeah. So okay. maybe we so should, like, for the last minute, we can just, like, do sit it. quiet and meditate. Okay. <laughs> we could, yeah. All right. Let's do that now. That's going to be very John Kirsten. It's going to just be me and you because everybody else is going to be making noise. So we can... We can but then let's listen to them. We can just... Yeah. All right. So starting now. Thanks again, Nick, for being here, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That was the sound of my thoughts. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks. Thank you.